0: This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website, www.anchorchurch.com.au Well, good morning and welcome to Anchor. Uh, My name is James and I'm one of the pastors and a church planting resident here at Anchor City. For those who are part of our Anchor family, we want to say we miss you guys. Uh, But to everyone tuning in online today, we hope that you are safe, healthy, and doing well in the midst of this lockdown. As we get started, please join me as I pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God. And so this morning as we look at Global Mission Sunday, Lord, together, would you speak to us? I pray for everyone tuning in at home that you'd speak through these words, Lord, and would you give me by your spirit the words to say. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you would know, today is Global Mission Sunday and you might think that perhaps it's a little strange to be talking about Global Mission in a time where our borders are closed and we can't travel overseas, but the truth is God's heart for the nations has not changed. Our mission as believers to make disciples in all nations, the Great Commission that Jesus left us, remains the same despite COVID, despite the current circumstances, And is as important as ever. And so this morning, we've been blessed to hear from our very own global missionaries, Ruth and Scotty Buchanan, and hear from their experiences. And I hope that you were encouraged by that. And I hope that that, uh, what they've shared has given you some fuel for your prayers for them. But this morning, I want to remind us of God's heart for global mission by taking us to the opening chapter of the book of Acts and sharing a few observations with you. So why don't you open up to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6, and uh, read along with me. This is what it says, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 11. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So where are we? Let's locate ourselves in the narrative of the scriptures. So Jesus has come. He's been doing his ministry for three years. He's gone to the cross and died for the sins of humanity. He's been raised to life on the third day. And now he's sharing his final moments with his disciples before he ascends to heaven. And the disciples, they're questioning him in regards to national Israel, their home country. They're saying, Lord, when are you going to free our nation and restore our kingdom?" and Jesus responds and casts a bigger vision not about the restoration of ethnic and political Israel but about the establishment of his church and the growth of the kingdom of God. See this scene right here is where global mission began. In Jerusalem as Jesus is with his disciples, the gospel had not yet gone out into the world but here is where global Mission begins. And so, as we consider Global Mission Sunday, let me share a few observations with you to stir our hearts. And the first observation is this that global mission is Jesus's idea. Global mission is Jesus's idea. You know, as we heard from Ruth and Scotty today, and as we consider the choices that they've made, as well as hundreds and thousands of other global missionaries all across the world. The thing is, global mission was not their idea. See, global missionaries didn't invent global missions. It's not a clever idea that Christians came up with sitting around a coffee table together. Yes, they've made choices to step out into the mission field, but they're merely being obedient to Jesus' command. What am I getting at here? What I'm saying is, global mission going out into the world as Jesus's witnesses is the last thing that Jesus commanded before he ascended into heaven it's literally the last thing we have him saying on a record before he ascends on the cloud have a look there again in verse 8 Jesus says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so global mission is Jesus' idea. But not only that, Jesus was the OG missionary. I mean, think about it. Jesus was sent by the Father from heaven to earth, bringing good news of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus doesn't just command us to partake in missions and to support missions. He paved the way... missions through his own example. Consider this passage from John chapter 20 as Jesus meets with his disciples for the first time since rising from the dead. John chapter 20, starting in verse 19, says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus, remember, who's just, been raised to life, was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. Pay attention here. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. See, global mission is Jesus's idea. God laid the blueprint for missions. The Father sent the Son into the world, and now the Son sends us. And so the question is, will we go? Will you go? You know, a large part of Global Mission Sunday is highlighting the work of our missionaries that we are supporting and considering how we can pray for them and support them. But I wonder whether there's anyone watching who God has actually placed a call on your life to go into the global mission field. I wonder if you're watching this, whether God has placed a call on your life to be sent to the nations. Maybe there is a country that's been on your heart for a while now. Maybe a place that you've been praying into or thinking about for a season of time. Will you take that step of faith to explore more, maybe even to go? I'm also aware that we live in an incredibly multicultural place. Sydney is a melting pot of diverse ethnicities and races and people from different cultural backgrounds and countries. The nations are literally in our backyard. I mean, I'm saying this to you as an English-speaking Australian-born Chinese. And so maybe God hasn't put another country on your heart. but Maybe he's put another state or city or suburb or people group within your own city. Will you go and be his witness among those people? See, this is the point. Whether you're someone who's an overseas missionary and you're considering it or you're thinking about your own country or city or state, this is the point. Being sent as missionaries is not reserved for some special class of Christians. It's not reserved for, you know, the pastors among us or those who are big risk-takers or who have big faith or lots of knowledge or a special anointing. You know, being sent as missionaries is for everyone who calls Jesus Lord, for everyone who is his disciple. And that means all of us. That means anyone who follows Jesus. It's a command from our Lord not to live comfortably, storing up treasures and wealth for ourselves, building our own empires or perhaps dream homes in Sydney, but to go wherever he has called us to go. Our obedience ought to know no limits. You see, Jesus, if you're a follower of his, he's not calling you to some version of Sydney's good life, whatever that looks like for you, whatever kind of worldly dream that is, perhaps sending your kids to a certain school or having a certain type of house or occupation or income. No, Jesus hasn't called us to a version of Sydney's good life. He's called us to a sent life. Because that's what he did. He left the comforts and the treasures and the thrones of heaven and came down to us. He was a missionary to us. He came into our midst bearing the good news of the kingdom. And so if we want to be like Jesus, which I think we all want to be, right? Because that's the call of a disciple, to be like our Lord and our Savior. If we want to be like Jesus, then this is what it means to be like Jesus, to be his witness, to carry the good news of the kingdom as he did wherever he's called us to go. So global mission is Jesus' idea. And secondly, the second observation from the passage is we don't go alone. But look at who Jesus says will accompany those who go out into the world as his witnesses. Verse 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, when I was in high school, I uh, played a lot of basketball. It's my favorite sport, and I played for many years. And so naturally, I hung out with a lot of basketball players. And two of my best friends in high school were uh, six foot three and six foot five. And I'm only five nine, so you know these guys are a lot taller than me, a lot bigger than me, big boys. And whenever we'd go out, you know, on the weekends to the city, or going out to parties at night, whatever. Whenever we went out, I'd always feel safe because I had these two enforcers with me. I was never afraid because I knew I wasn't alone. I had these powerful people accompanying me. And in these verses, Jesus is saying that the powerful Holy Spirit goes with those who step out on mission as his witnesses. This ought to be a great comfort for us, a great encouragement, that when we step out on mission globally, in our city, in our workplaces, in our homes, we're not alone. No, the Holy Spirit is with us. And his power is in us. And so maybe you're watching this and you're a global missionary. And perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're feeling tired. Maybe you're feeling grieved or sad that you can't get back to your mission field. I want to remind you, you are not alone. The Spirit of God is with you and is giving you the power to do everything that Jesus has called you to do. Or maybe this morning you're thinking about taking a step of faith And responding to Jesus' call to go and make disciples somewhere other than where you are now. And I want to say to you, don't be afraid. God's Spirit is with you. Step out in faith knowing that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of power goes with you. What kind of risks would we take for Jesus and for the gospel if we truly believed that the Holy Spirit was with us. I mean, how bold, imagine, Anchor, imagine how bold we would all be as witnesses of Jesus in whatever context he's called us to if we truly believed that the power of God's Spirit was fueling our attempts to share the gospel, to love on our neighbors, to serve and bless those in our workplaces. How bold would we be You know when I was a kid uh, I remember going rock climbing uh, for some of my friends' birthday parties when I was in primary school, you know in those indoor climbing centers. And you know for those who uh, maybe aren't familiar, uh, you go in and you get strapped up with a harness and there's kind of one of your friends or an instructor or an adult holding onto this rope and you start climbing up this wall and you're you're grabbing a hold of the different handholds and stepping up with your feet and pushing up. Till you get to the top of the wall. And I remember getting to the top of the wall, and what happens when you get there? You get up to the top, and the person down below says, let go of the wall. Let go of the wall. I've got, I've got you. I'm holding on to you. And, pu- and you have to push off the wall, and you slowly, you know the drill, you slowly abseil kind of your way down the wall. And I remember as a kid, Feeling absolutely terrified when I get up to the top and they say, let go of the wall and push off with your feet. And my hands would start to get all like sweaty and your heart starts to race. And I was thinking, no, 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 I don't want to push off the wall. I'm, I'm afraid to let go because I think that I'll fall. And I just remember feeling so terrified until I finally just, I took that step of faith and I let go of the wall and I pushed off. And I realized that I was safe because the harness was holding me. And the rope that my friend was holding was holding me up in the air. And so I was actually fine. I was actually okay. And you know, the Holy Spirit, when it comes to us stepping out in faith on mission, is like that harness. You know, we don't want to let go of the wall, we don't want to step out in faith because we're afraid what's going to happen. What are are people going to think of me? Am I going to be cared for? Am I going to have everything that I need? Who's going to take care of me? And the promise here is that the Holy Spirit will be with us. That he goes before us in power, giving us everything that we need to do what God has called us to. So global mission is Jesus's idea. Uh, Secondly, we don't go alone. And thirdly, as I come to a close here, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Read with me Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. So after saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. See, this is the good news of the gospel. That Jesus died for our sins that he was raised to life, that he ascended into heaven, and that one day he is coming back. Jesus is coming back one day. It's a truth that is absolutely central to our faith, but one that we often forget or pay little attention to. And I get it. I totally get it because I struggle with this in my own life. It can be so difficult in the repetitiveness of our lives to believe that Jesus is coming back. You know, we wake up, we eat, we work, we exercise, we socialize, we sleep, we wake up, we do the same thing over and over and over again. And life just seems, it's just like this hamster wheel that we're on. And it can be so hard to believe that Jesus is coming back. It can be so challenging when we view our lives and the world around us through our human eyes to believe that Jesus is coming back. It can be so challenging when we experience pain and loss to believe that Jesus is coming back. But this is what the scriptures promise. And if we're going to believe all of the rest about Jesus's life, about who he said he was and what he did for us and what that means for us and who we are in him and what that means about our future, then we also have to believe that Jesus is coming back one day. As the white-robed men in this passage said, one day Jesus will return from heaven in the same way that the disciples saw him go. And when he does. He's going to make everything new. When he does, he will judge all people and he will put an end to suffering and pain and injustice and evil as we know it and see it and experience it. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a people, for his people. As it says in Revelation chapter 7, people from every nation and tribe and tongue, which means language, Jesus' own people, his bride, his church from all across the world. And so that's why we go. So the people from all across the world, in every tribe and tongue and ethnicity and race and country and city and village and town and home, will be part of Jesus' people. That's why we go, so that as many as possible will be Jesus' people when he comes back. That's why we go. That's why others have gone before us. That's why others are getting ready to go now. That's why we seek to make disciples of every nation, both the nations that we step out in faith and go to and the nations that are coming to us where we are, because Jesus is coming back. And so this morning, I wonder if something has been stirred for you. I wonder if you've caught a glimpse of God's heart for global missions and God's heart for people everywhere. I wonder if you've caught a glimpse of the vision of Jesus when he comes back and when he comes back for a people. I hope that your heart has been stirred for missions this morning. I hope that you're thinking about, how can I, how how can we as a family, as a household, support for missions and pray for missions? I wonder perhaps even if your heart has been stirred to consider, how can I go? How can I be faithful and obedient to Jesus' call? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son for us so that we might be forgiven, so that we might know grace and life and life abundantly, Lord. And in that, you showed us, God, you set an example of what it looks like to leave the comforts that that Jesus had and to go for the sake of others, to bring the good news of the kingdom, to, to go bearing good news. And so I pray, Lord, for those watching at home right now, Lord, those who've been listening, for the seeds that you have planted in people's hearts, for the flames that you have lit, Lord, the things that you have stirred, that you would fan them into flames, God. Give us faith, courage, obedience, and a grand vision of what you are doing in the world for your glory and for our joy, Lord. And help us to be obedient that we might partake in this and step out in faith taking the steps that you've called us to take, maybe even the steps that you're calling us to take right now. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray all of this in his precious name. Amen.